Can you believe it? Adelaide United family, here we are. We have arrived. Welcome to the Pitch Podcast, episode 19, leading into the Isuzu Ute A-League men's final series. This is amazing because not only have we locked away a finals position, we have locked away a home final on Sunday afternoon. It is an early kickoff. We are going to be taking on the Inform Central Coast Mariners. We are Inform as well, so it's going to be fascinating. This is an elimination final, and then we work out what happens after that. There's a lot of finals in a short amount of time, and a man who is here to speak to us about that today, uh, speaking of Inform, I think the most Inform he has been in his career is George Blackwood. George, thank you very much for joining. Thanks for having me, mate. I'm excited. Are you really? Yeah, I am, yeah. Okay. All the boys have good things to say. Well, this is good because there's basically two parts to the the pitch podcast. So we have a bit of a conversation. um, And as I told you before I press record, I don't really do any research because I find like I'm so invested in the people that make up the football club. I just ask kind of what I would like to know on behalf of the fans. And then we get to the fan questions where they, you know, there's some good questions and there's some honking ones. So we ask both. Sounds good to me, mate. Let's let's dissect the game to start off with. Um, really important win against Western United on the weekend. And I, being honest as a supporter, I was nervous. Because I think you can only play the teams that have been scheduled to play. But the lead-in, we played... Look, I, I feel... I don't want to sound disrespectful when I talk about Perth Glue. I feel sorry for them because they haven't been able to go home for a lot of the season. They had so many under-23s playing for them. Some of their best players weren't playing for them. And I didn't think we played that well against Perth Glory. Then Brisbane come, we play okay against them. The real test then is Western United, who have been one of the best sides all season. And we were outstanding. Obviously, we had our moments. What did you take away from the match as a player? Three points, guaranteed home final. Uh, yeah, well, I think it was obviously a big step in the right direction. Like you said, it was a step up in competition. But I also think, yes, the Perth and Brisbane games, they're probably the quality of op- opposition wasn't there, but the pressure on us to win those games was huge and they had nothing to play for. So I think you've got to take that into consideration as well. And we just got the job done, um, especially the Perth game. wasn't that pretty, but we got it done. They had nothing to play for, all the pressure on us. And I, I said last night to someone, I think we've basically played three finals in the lead up to this semi. Mm. So we're adjusted to high pressure games and I think that's really important. Seems that everything is kind of clicking at the right time. Like at first glance of the team sheet, you go, okay, so our informed striker in Hiroshi is starting on the bench and Cassini gets a start. Michael Jakobsen comes back from injury and we have fit players who aren't playing, which is a really good problem to have, especially this time of the season. But I think some of the the words around when people look at the team sheet is it's a courageous move from Carl, especially when Cass hasn't played for so long, to start him, to get minutes into him and have Hiroshi sitting there. It's a good thing because we can. But was there any mentality behind that or is this just to get some minutes into Cassini? I'm, I don't know what was going on behind the scenes, whether there was a mentality in with it, but I definitely know they wanted to get minutes into Cassini's legs going into the into the finals. And I think it was really good that we got that as well. And I know Hiroshi the last month or so has been dealing with some niggles that he's been playing through. So I think it wasn't the worst decision ever to give him a little bit of a rest for that weekend. And now Cassini did well and he looks... Fit. I was surprised he got through 60 because he hasn't played for so long and he hasn't really trained with the team much either. So he looked really fit and he looked strong. So now Carl's almost put himself in a corner where he's got seniors just play well, but Hiroshi has done a fantastic job for us all year too. So 
what he's going to do up there, I'm not. I'm not too sure. Speaking of fit players, um, does that provide more competition um, at Playford? Obviously, through training, where we're moving into an elimination final, and then hopefully we win that. There's a lot of football in a short amount of time, so everybody needs to make the, sure that they are ready. Obviously. Louis Dorigo coming on probably earlier than expected on the weekend because of Issa coming off, so you need to make sure you're at the ready because there are people that will take your position. Is that kind of competitive edge a good thing to have? Yeah, for sure it's a good thing to have. Um, I think now we're in the finals. The training will be a little less intense because um, obviously you're wary of injuries and everyone's base fitness is pretty good and you're not going to lose that much fitness in the last three weeks of the season. So I think now the training will start to come down a little bit, but there's people breathing down the neck of other people for sure. And if you look at the players, players that weren't in the squad, like the quality in that, Constantopoulos, Coletti, these players are outstanding players in training every single day, training every day, working hard, doing really, really well. And when they've played, I think they've had unbelievable games too. So mm. it's just, it's a it's a weird situation because you think of Adelaide and you always think, okay, we got... 16 really good players but if we have a few injuries then the young boys are going to have to step up that's what it's been like when I've been here and now you got a squad of 24-25 and you're like it's harsh if he misses out you know so it's a good spot to be in how do you look at the Central Coast Mariners because the, the, I think this is a really good time for people to have an interest in um, the Isuzu Ute A-League men's competition because it's anything can happen obviously it's such a such a strange league that we have because there's so much player turnover at the start of every season you don't know what side's going to do what and you see Melbourne Victory who've had an outstanding back end to the season Melbourne City who have taken away the Premier's plate for their second consecutive year the finals are going to be really interesting because it's shown over the past few games anything can happen if a team is on so you can't take any team for granted Central Coast is certainly one of those teams who have earned their spot yeah for sure they're, they're a really good side they're an exciting side as well um, so it's going to be a good game, but um, we haven't really got much to go off either. We've played them once, I think, at home, and then the other game we played them away and they won 3-0, but we had uh, Joey Gauchi sent off early, so you can't really take much from that. So it's going to be very interesting to see how we match up against them. Obviously, they got a couple of decent players, so... Yeah, we'll see how we go. Do you like the idea of if, if we win this, then we go into the leg format? It's it's different. We haven't seen it here in um, Australia before, but it's obviously so familiar with European football and other leagues around the world. Do you like that concept? Yeah, at, at first I didn't really know how it was going to work, but the way they've set it up, I think it's really good because it gives um, teams that finish third to sixth more of an opportunity to make the grand final, I think. Because before, you have to win three games against three separate teams to make a grand final. Whereas you have to win now an elimination game and you got two cracks at a good team. Um, so I think it's a, a lot more competitive for the teams three to six. And I think especially this year, those teams in those positions are stronger than they've ever been, I think. I was sitting uh, next to the broadcaster on Sunday um, and your name came up. And the sideline reporter was talking about the, the amazing game that you played on the weekend. I think sometimes um, we as casual observers will check to see how many goals you scored and we'll probably measure that as a good game or a game which probably needs improvement. But your game was outstanding on the weekend and you've been brilliant. Um, I want to break that down soon, but how pleased are you with your current form and the ability to remain on the pitch? 
yeah, I'm really pleased. I think the main thing is obviously f- for now the second half of the season I've basically trained every day and the body is starting to feel back where it was before I before I went overseas and, and I'm really happy with that and I think um, I've started to string some games together and I, I learned a lot over in England. I think the main thing I learned was um, that football is basically a simple game. You get half a yard, cross the ball, get half a yard, you shoot and then you need to make sure your movement in the box is good. And over that period of time in England, I learned a lot about my movement and I think that's why I've scored a lot more goals this year without playing that many games um, from what it has been in the last few years. So I think that part of my game has really gotten better and then obviously now my fitness is getting better. So the last few games I've had some of my best games, yeah. So I picked up on what you just said then. Are you are you suggesting that you were overcomplicating your football in a way? Yeah, for sure. I think sometimes it's hard because it's a balance and I've played a few different positions but the name of the game is to score goals so at times when I'm previously when I haven't been in the game I've been like okay I need to get on the ball then I go get on the ball maybe I don't get it and then I'm not close enough to be in a goal scoring position um so I've really focused on my movement off the ball and um getting in the right areas to score and I think that's something I've definitely taken to the next level this year. Whereas my o- overall play at the start of the year was, I think, actually a lot worse because I was, wasn't fit, I wasn't strong enough, I missed out on the preseason. It was definitely a lot worse, but I was still grabbing the goals. every um, The few starts I did play, I grabbed a few goals there. So that part of my game is really, I think, gone to another level. For the people that don't know, can you talk us through a little bit about your football journey obviously the first time we saw you at Adelaide United you came from Sydney and then you went over um, overseas and are back here now can you talk us through I guess the the process of leaving the club originally and what occurred overseas yeah well I was obviously very happy at Adelaide but all my life growing up I wanted to play football in Europe and more specifically in England because my my old man and my my mum are from there and I've grown up watching the game over there. So I really wanted to go there and it was just the perfect opportunity when um, uh, Harry Kuehl called up and said, do you want to gig over here? And I thought, so he yeah. Lit- Harry Kuehl literally picked up the phone and called you? Yeah, well, <laughs> so yeah, so it was, it, it was actually unreal to be fair because he's the main Australian player that I've look, looked up to growing up. And yeah, so I went over there and it, it didn't go as planned. Ba- basically, I got... Um, an injury early and I just kept rushing back kept rushing back and then towards the end of it I was taking pills to get through every single session and it just wasn't sustainable and I kept playing through injuries that I never should have been playing through and it just kept getting worse kept getting worse and then yeah it just didn't end up going the way I wanted it to but it was a massive learning experience. What's it like when Someone you idolise like Harry Kuehl gives you your first rocket like he yells at you. You're going, oh my God, I'm so sorry, Harry Kuehl, because I love you. Like, how is that confronting? <laughs> so, it is a little bit confronting, but uh, um, I've played for long enough to know that if a coach yells at you, most of the time it's because he likes you and he wants you to do well. Mm. Um, so in terms of that, it's not, it wasn't really like, no, nah, like, oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. It wasn't really like that. It was more just, okay, he knows what he's talking about. Listen to him and don't do what you've just done again. 
So was it always Adelaide when you were going to come back? So you come back from overseas and then would, were you spending time in New South Wales or did you come back to South Australia straight away going, here's an opportunity? Uh, well, I went back to Sydney yep. uh, to be with my family, but out of all the clubs in the A-League, obviously I wanted to come back to Adelaide. Uh, I love living here and I love the club as a whole. And I've had some really good times here. So, yeah, that was my number one destination. Then when Carl called, I was like, yep, tell me where to sign, basically. We've spoken a couple of times to um, players who have come back to play in the A-League competition. So, Lockie Brooks, probably our most recent one. I think sometimes... um, I'm always fascinated in the mentality of coming back to Australia. I think a few years ago, people probably had the perception of you coming back to Australia and that indicates you didn't make it overseas. I think that's a a stigma which is attached to a lot of young players. Um, From my perspective, I think some players go overseas too early and then it doesn't work out and they come back and here we are. But the situation of the league at the moment is you can see some of um, our best players, our best Australian players, Socceroos, in our league. So it's not something that should be looked down upon, especially if you need to get more minutes or you need to make sure your body's right. How was your mentality coming back to play here? Uh, yeah, I completely agree. I think the A-League is looked down upon in most facets of Australian sport, and I just don't really get it because the people that are talking down on the A-League don't even watch the A-League. Um, which doesn't really make any sense. But yeah, my mentality basically coming back was the sports science and the physios. I know I'm going to be taking care of that in that sort of respect. And honestly, like I was in England for a year by myself um, in a period where it was lockdown and I had nothing of substance in my life apart from football and that wasn't going well. So <laughs> it was it was a pretty shitty time and I just felt if I came back start to actually enjoy life a bit more not just view myself as a footballer and and um sort of the value of myself is how well I do on the football pitch um and then get my body right as well and enjoy life and uh things will start to go well and that's I think part of the reason why I've started to play well towards back end of the year obviously I'm getting fitter my body's coming back and then um, my mentality outside of football has changed a little bit. Were you by yourself over in the UK? Do you have a partner or anything that you're over there? No, with? no, no. I was by myself, by myself. Yeah. So I wanted you, if you have time to list it off, because it probably take four hours. Take us through your injury resume, because you've had a lot of injuries, and I'm sure that you've had moments thinking, "Why me?" Like you probably have teammates who haven't missed a game or haven't missed a session, and then you have had continual injuries. So can you, you list off some of the injuries that you had? Um, well, the main one in England was I got a stress fracture in my back. Um, I don't actually know how it happened, but there was a couple of sort of challenges in the air where someone sort of just bent their back when I went up from a header and I've just landed on my back. And I think it happened a few times and, and um, that's sort of how that happened. And then when I was at Adelaide, I, I broke my collarbone as well, keeper coming out for a ball. Um, so those are the two main ones. Uh, and yeah, it it is frustrating, especially like... It's nothing against some players, but some players can just rock up, don't do anything in the gym, don't do any stretching, don't do any anything extra, but they can go on the pitch, they can train every day, they never have a problem with their body. And it can get frustrating if you're comparing yourself to other people. But that's like I was saying just before, it's kind of just focusing on yourself and finding substance in your life away from footy as well. 
a clear mind definitely helps the body and I think that's what I've come into now. And Whereas before, maybe when I was thinking, okay, I have to play well this game, I have to do this, I have to do that, by like overanalyzing everything, I'm thinking, okay, i got to rest now after training. Like stay at home, do nothing, rest. Instead of, oh, I'll go out, go for a walk, go for a coffee, go for dinner. And like, I feel like that's actually helped my body like recover a lot better. And, and with the mind, I just feel like 10 times um, hap- more happy. And all of that combined has just sort of led to where I am at the moment. So I've, uh, I say this all the time when I do this podcast. I love asking some pretty deep questions because I'm a deep thinker. And yeah. some of your answers then have just opened my eyes to why I love you so much as a person. Like, honestly, um, I, I feel that from, from my opinion, I'm not speaking on behalf of anybody else. Um, I feel that you are one of the most maligned footballers that we have had at this football club. And I want to break down why. Um, I feel that uh, with your injuries and the people that have – uh, probably measured success by goals or not scoring goals. Remember, there used to be a Twitter account that was called Did Bruce Jute Score? And at the end of every game, it was yes or no. That was how they measured success. We have some amazing supporters. We have a brilliant community of people. Um, there are also people online who feel it's necessary to um, comment on someone's performance. So let's break this down. First of all, um, you are an elite athlete who is answerable to Carl and the football club. There's, there's no doubt about that. How do you deal with people that you've probably never met before? Someone on talkback radio or someone um, on social media that might pass a comment on your performance? Because I think that's a gradual thing where I love hearing you say that football doesn't define you as a person. That's the most beautiful thing someone can say. It's something that you do. It's not who you are. And if you can intertwine both of them, that's amazing. But I can imagine it's really challenging when you're working your ass off, you're getting injuries, um, you come back from overseas, which people can see however they want. But that still surely affects you as a person. Yeah, over the years it has affected me like a lot, but I'm not on Twitter, which I think Twitter is the, probably the most toxic out of everything. So I'm not on that. So like that helps a lot and I don't read anything on social media and stuff. So that definitely all helps a lot. But I do... I do feel like uh, sometimes stuff can get piled on to me, but that's just part of footy. I just try to take it in my stride and I deal with it a lot better now than I used to. How did you used to deal with it? Because you say it's part of football. It shouldn't be a part of life. Like that's the thing. And I'm, I'm saying that from a point of view of um, no, me as a father, if that was happening to my kids, I'm like, this is, as I said, a, a person that we are dealing with. And I, I mean this from the bottom of my heart, mate. Like I, I love nothing more than seeing you succeed. And I, I want you to do the best that you can. And when you score goals, I'm like, that is awesome. This is George Blackwood right here because it's you're having your moment that you deserve and you've worked so hard for. So I'm sure that after that journey, it's actually satisfying to go, well, this is why I'm here. Yeah. Yeah, well, I think, like I said before, back um, when, especially when I first came to the club and over my first couple of years, I was too dependent on football like I saw myself as a footballer like and when I moved to Adelaide the goal was move to Adelaide get a move overseas and I always felt like I was just chasing this thing 
that like I would play a game, maybe have one of my best games not score and be like, well, no one's going to buy a forward that doesn't score. So then next week I put even more pressure on myself to score. Don't score. Fuck. Another few days like just thinking about it every day and I felt like I had nothing, like I said, of substance in my life outside of footy and that has definitely changed the past year. I've started to view things a lot differently and it helps as well. I was I played for Marco Kurtz for two years, fantastic coach, a defensive coach and I was up there running my ass off and we, when I was here, I think we signed maybe five or six strikers None of those strikers scored more goals than I did. So it's definitely the style of play as well for those first two years and a mix of the injuries too. And now I'm playing in a team with Carl. I've I've started nine games this year, scored five goals, and we're a lot more attacking and a lot more free-flowing. And I'm playing a few different positions, but I can always get in the box to score or get in areas to score. And a lot of the times over the past few seasons, I'd go two or three games without having a shot. Um, so I think that's a big it's, – it's like obviously a combination of things that like um, contribute to like success at a level and I think the, the main thing like mentally is having things outside of football that I can look forward to and I can do and like you said – Football does not define me as a person. My value isn't determined by how well I play on the football pitch. So now I'm going into games thinking I'm going to have fun. Like, it's a big occasion. If I don't do well, it's okay. Like, I'm going to be okay, you know, whereas it felt like life or death for a while there, you know. Oh, man, I just I just love hearing you say that. It's And thank you so much for sharing it because I think – one of those things that people say if you're going to have a conversation with the younger version of yourself and you're still a young man, I'm sure you'd be impassing that wisdom that you have now. Um, so what what gives you substance outside of football? What makes you happy? Um, well, I've got a dog here now. Uh, I had him just before I went overseas, but I didn't have him overseas and doing a bit of study. Um, I've got a girlfriend now and I my family's actually moving to Adelaide as well from Sydney in a in a few months so like I have a lot going on outside of footy and just little things like I said before like I'm not afraid to go out for a dinner now and stuff because I'm not going to get injured at a dinner but back in the day like I was thinking oh I need a rest tonight I can't go out for dinner like I got to get get up for training like my body needs to feel 100% rah, rah. so it's just like shifting mentality almost and I just feel like my life is very good outside of footy and I'm happy. Yeah. Do you feel mature? Because I reckon like speaking last week and having a chat to like Louis Dorigo, like I reckon kids put so much pressure on themselves to have to succeed straight away. Like if you have a look at some of the, the biggest success stories in Australian football, let's use Daniel Arzani as an example, right? He's over here, he's playing for Melbourne City, he goes overseas or signed by Man City and then goes to play for Celtic. And unless you're really attached to football, you're wondering where's Daniel Arzani right now? There are so many of those stories where the success or however it's measured is seen in the media or in the spotlight on social media with cool photos and filters. But there's a lot going on behind the scenes where people are questioning their value and worth. And if you don't understand your own value, as you experience, you're really going to struggle if that is your only purpose in life. Yeah, for sure. And it's it's the biggest advice I would have for younger players coming up. So I never 
wanted to do any study, do anything outside of football when I was younger. I was like, oh, I'll do it later. Rah, rah. But that that is the first thing I would tell a younger player is to have something outside of football. It doesn't actually have to be study, but just something outside of football that makes you happy because you need something else. Because when football isn't going well, and it doesn't go well a lot of the time, um, you need something else because otherwise, I was talking to my mate Alex Gersbach on the phone um, a, a few days ago. I was telling him we're having a similar sort of conversation and I was saying, um, yeah, like when I came back, I wanted to focus more on sort of overall life and I think I've done that and I've started to, my football has benefited from that. And he said, yeah, I think it's sad because a lot of these footballers depend too much on football so they have these extreme highs when they do well and they these like plateauing lows, like extreme lows Um and it's just so hard to deal with as a young person if you have nothing outside of football. Man, I'm blown away by this. This is, um, I, I mean, no disrespect to our previous 18 guests, but this is my favourite episode of the Pitch Podcast that we have done. <laughs> Thank you for being so open with us. Um, now we go to the viewer and listener questions. Nice um, how do we follow you on Instagram? What's your Instagram account? Uh, George underscore Blackwood. So I also noticed via Instagram, you, are you into photography or you just use like an old school camera to take photos? Because you're, you're, you're very creative. I yeah. love that. <laughs> no, I really like uh, taking photos with the, I've got like an old, it's not old, it's just a Like a Polaroid one or it's nah, film? It, yeah, it's a film camera. So you just change the film out and you can put different types of film in there and yeah. stuff. And it's good because it's so exciting when you get to the end of it and you go to the film um, store and you get it developed and you're waiting a couple of days for the photos and they all come. You can look through all. Has George is excited when I used to have to do that as a kid as part yeah. of life, not a novelty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's actually yeah, it's unreal and I really enjoy doing that. So. You, do you play guitar? Uh, yeah, like, well, not anymore, not really. But a couple of years ago, I started teaching myself and I got decent. But when you get to a certain level, yeah, it's so hard to then get to that next level. So I was average. And I knew how to play some songs, but to then get up to the next level, it takes a lot of time. I was Did you just start like, learning oh. the chords first or going into uh, like just picking at the strings? Uh, chords first and yeah. then like simple songs and and yeah, and going from there. But it, I didn't stick with it enough to be fair. What was your go-to if everyone's sitting around Wonderwall. in the chain? Wonderwall straight yeah. away. <laughs> it's so easy Always, to play. Man. Um, and what sort of music do you listen to? Uh, everything, okay. literally everything. I, um, I'm the first one to listen to Drake when he comes out, but I love Oasis. I love uh, Bob Marley and favourite artist of all time is Mac Miller. So, uh, I was speaking to someone yesterday whose favourite song was Miss Calls by Mac yeah, Miller. Yeah, great awesome. song. Yeah, hey, great um, song. who had control of your music on the weekend? Because I could hear Earth, Wind and Fire September playing. Uh, Louis always has control, but it, it it's it's like a... A remix situation, sort of. It's a mix or whatever okay. they call it now. I, I don't really listen to them, but on game day, it's it's actually good. We saw um, GoPro Vision in the change room. So is Louis the guy that starts the show? Yeah, he always does yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. So he's what all- if he's not there? Who does it? Um, 
He's always there. He's always there. And I noticed, it's funny, because before the water came out, Joe Coletti's tied up his jacket so he didn't get wet. Harvey's kids are there. Like, yeah, yeah, that, yeah. that environment must be pretty cool. And that's a really nice uh, insight that we got into the Inner Sanctum post-victory. I love seeing, like, it just it just defines a family club. There's kids in there. There's the boys. It's It just feels nice. I'm sure after yeah. the victory, it's a really beautiful place to be. No, it's really, really good. And, like... You take it for granted because clubs aren't like this a lot of the time. Like, we're so close-knit. Everyone is literally friends with everyone. There's always in other clubs that I've been to, there's always five, six people who you're like, oh, I hate that guy, Mm. man. Terrible person. Or you just don't get on. And here it's just like every single person, like, could sit down and have a beer with them, you know. Awesome. Okay, so this is uh, Angus McCusker on Instagram. He asked what it was like playing under Harry Kuehl. I'm going to add something to that. Did you get Harry to sign something for you as well? Uh, I didn't get him to sign anything, which was... I kind of think that's a good thing, though. Hey, coach, can you sign this before we play? Like, Uh, Yeah, I know. I've got a lot of photos with him, to be fair, so I'm happy with that. Um, But it was unreal. Like, he is a very, very, very good coach. But it's, it's not like over here, like... It's so much pressure on every single game over there. There's so many games as well. When I was there, the season got delayed. Um, so we played 46 games plus cup. So it was like 56 games, I think Think we played that year. And it got shortened. So we're playing Saturday, Tuesday. You lose a game. You don't have time on the training field mm. to work on anything. Then you're playing Tuesday. And then you get a couple of injuries, two-week injuries. That person misses five games. That's unreal. And you're like, oh... And you lose three of those five and you're like, oh, my God, we're struggling here. But, yeah, it just didn't work out in the end. But for anyone who wants a coach, definitely definitely look at H. Josh – oh, H. Is that what you oh, call Oh, well, Harry. H. Every, every <laughs> Harry H. I call H, yeah. Okay, fair enough. Um, Josh Nacker on Instagram, is pineapple bad on pizza? Uh, no. Bill Sherm on Instagram. Now, the question is what type of mindset does a young player need to succeed? All I'm going to say – for the people watching this on socials and YouTube, go and listen to the full chat wherever you get your podcast because you are not going to get better insight than the one that George gave us. So go and have a listen to that, please. Um, Engledan24 on Instagram. How many wheat bigs? Uh, four. Ten. Dizzy on Instagram. If you had to stay on an island for one month, what three things would you take? Not food or water. So that's a given. Uh, music. Mm-hmm. Um, a football. And... Is beer or coffee? Coffee. Yeah. Coffee. I find it weird, though, that you didn't take a generator because what happens when the music thing runs out? How are you going to power it? Yeah. <laughs> There's always someone who <laughs> does that stuff. It's like, what three things would you take to an island? And you go, oh, well, wood, hammer, and nails. Boat? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But that's not all the question is. Yeah, true. So, okay. Well, come on, mate. <laughs> Better question next time. All right. Um Multiple people on Instagram. That's like heaps of people. That's not their account. Favorite player, uh, your football influence growing up. So is that H? Uh, yeah, Australian player is definitely Harry Kuehl. Mm-hmm. And just by the way, like um, I think in Australia we take for granted how good he was because when I went over there um, and people were talking about him, they were like couldn't say enough about how good he actually was and people we were take saying, for granted all of our australian players this is the thing right when i'm sorry to cut you off but this is a real bugbear of mine yeah. when we play for example 
So we have Craig Goodwin, who is a current Socceroo playing for us. Come and watch him play. He's one of the best players in Australia, representing yeah. the country. When Melbourne City come and play, you've got Jamie McLaren, Golden Boot winner, Andrew Naboot. You've got Matthew Leckie, who used to play for us. We are so lucky to have our current Socceroos playing in our league. Yeah. When it never used to be like that, it used to be, oh, what overseas club are you from? So that, oh man, that annoys me. We yeah. take for granted our good players. I'm sorry, continue. No, 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 <laughs> I, I completely agree as well. Um, but yeah, all the boys were saying over there, pretty much Gareth Bale at Tottenham, that's what he was like. That's how good he was. One of the best players in the Premier League. Yeah. So... I don't know when the next Aussie is going to be one of the top 10 best players in the Premier League, but that's where he got to. So I think people don't realise actually how good this guy was. Mm. Um, but I actually don't know what the question was. No, neither do I. I lost interest. Yeah. Um, okay, uh, Jack Lewis333 on Instagram. Your favourite celebration after a goal? Uh, I like the dance. Or, or actually, Warney. Warney Bo- bowling, the, bowling the ball was good, yeah. Very good. Keegan Dickinson on Instagram. The best goal you have scored in your whole career? Uh, would be uh, Central Coast at home when Mohamed Torre scored mm-hmm. when he was 15 or so. Um, would have been that one. You yeah. almost got a goal on the weekend with your head. Yeah, with me head, yeah. Jeepers. <laughs> very, very good. Ali underscore Esani underscore 24 on Instagram. Did you play any other sports before football? Uh, yeah, cricket. I played that right up until pretty much I made my debut in the A-League. How, um, how good was your level of cricket? You were a decent cricketer, yeah? Yeah, I was decent, yeah. I... For all the time I was growing up, it was sort of just, I'm just hoping something comes of one of them. Mm. Um, and then I'll just go in that direction. Because the whole time I was, people were telling me I need to stop one, focus on the other, but I just kept doing both. And then eventually it just panned out that football. You were a batter or a bowler? A bit of both, yeah. Okay, all yeah. right. Very good cricketer. Um, Nathan Constantopoulos on Instagram. Is Nathan Constantopoulos a better cook than you? No way, man. Okay. Um, Nathan Constantopoulos on Instagram. <laughs> do you put your milk in your tea with the tea bag in or out? No way. That is criminal. You have so, to take the tea bag out and then put the milk in. So you put the tea bag in first and put the water in, then yeah. take it out and put the milk yeah. in. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Why is he to. a bit of? He's a bit weird like that. Man. Nah, but we had a conversation at dinner with a few of the guys' uh, wives and girlfriends, and they're like, "Oh, I just put the milk in with the tea bag and." I've just been in England for a year, by the way. Mm. English breakfast tea. No one does that in the whole of England. Mm. But then Zach Clough turns around and goes, oh, yeah, I just put my milk in because I'm too lazy or something. Yeah, he's pretty lazy. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's lazy. Yeah, he's lazy. Like, yeah. Even proposing to his missus well. like it just happened. Yeah. Come on, Zach. Terrible right. bloke too. Oh, okay. He's a big fan of this show. Um, <laughs> Jess underscore 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 92. What's the best thing about being back in Adelaide? Um, lifestyle. Jordan Trombetta on Instagram is Rudolph the goodest little boy. Yeah, he is. Yeah, that's my dog's name. Okay, um, I thought it was a bit weird. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. He's pretty good. Because you, you used to like. Obviously, you're still friends with him. But um, a guy that we unfortunately speak about on this podcast is um Jordan Elsie. Um, and he like loved his dog. Bentley more than he loves his wife. So, uh, but you used to go on like, I see you a couple of times with him, but now you've got your own dog. So do you notice that uh, like obsession and love for one's dog? It just can't be replicated. Yeah, definitely. And just like the love they give back to you. The mm. quote in Marley and Me, like is I think the best quote ever where you say, um, like the relationship between dogs and humans, it's like so simple. You just give them their heart and they'll give you yours. And I refuse to watch Marley and Me because apparently uh, at the end and I've got a golden uh, retriever. Yeah, it's, so it's sad, but it's definitely worth a watch though, definitely. I said to my wife um, 
don't ever ask me if like who I love more, her or the dog, because she's not going to be happy with the answer. <laughs> so she hasn't asked me that question. Um, this is the last question from Matthew Griffin Nine. What's the biggest difference you found between Australian football and League Two? Um, there's less space over there, and I would say just like it, it's a lot simpler over there. The game, like I like I said before. Um, you don't play around with it at the back because if you make a mistake, you can cop a goal and it could be a huge goal in terms of you can get relegated out of the football league. Mm. It's a lot more physical over there and it's bloody freezing. Mm. I saw our um, former skipper, Stefan Mork, in Japan wearing gloves. Yeah, I don't know why. I asked Hiroshi. He said it's summer over there at the moment. Very weird. Very strange. I know. So, George, this has been incredible. Um, our camera operator and our media superstar, GL, is behind the camera and the big sauce pot's watching too. I'm just looking. Is there a Sharpie here, GL? Um, so what happens normally is we have a texter so you can sign the um, shirt. And um, oh, he yeah, said right. he put one there, but um, it doesn't look like it's here, which is quite funny. <laughs> so um, we're going to get you to sign that in a second. <laughs> I like stitching him. He does a great job. Um, George, this has been amazing. First of all, congratulations um, on making the finals. Good luck against the Mariners. But, man, I could sit here and talk to you for hours. As I said, and I mean this from the bottom of my heart, speaking to you, I I love seeing you succeed. I think you can tell that I'm being genuine when I say this, and I always make sure I message you when when I feel that times are tough because um, I think – as an old man like myself, I wish I found my value and purpose a lot earlier in life. And to see you doing that now and to impart that onto so many, um, not just young footballers and young people and understanding that um, your job does not define you, but if it can work with your values and your principles, then you feel balanced. And that's exactly where you're at, which is such a beautiful thing. So thank you for being so authentic on this podcast, mate. It's been amazing. Yeah, awesome. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Now sign this anywhere you like um, while um, George is signing that. We will be back next week. Um, Let's hope celebrating a win in the finals. Make sure you share this on all your socials, wherever you get your podcasts, all that kind of stuff. This has been the Pitch Podcast. Don't forget, we're giving this away um, at the end of the season as well. So go the Reds. Go the Reds. See you later, Central Coast. Go the Reds. Cheers. Catch you next time.